smug New England. I suppose we needed it to get the country founded, but in the age of anxiety, it really does gall. He had been looking over at her, and unexpectedly she turned and looked at him, with a startled but uncannily crystalline expression, as if her face had been in an instant rendered in tinted porcelain, even to the eyelashes. I ask you not to talk, Joan said. Now you've said things that I'll never forget. Plunged fathoms deep into the wrong, feeling suffocated by his guilt, he concentrated on the highway and sullenly steered. Though they were moving at sixty in the sparse Saturday traffic, Richard had traveled this road so often its distances were all translated into time, the car seemed to him to be moving as slowly as a minute hand from one digit to the next. It would have been strategic and dignified of him to keep the silence, but he could not resist believing that just one more pinch of syllables would restore the marital balance that with each wordless mile slipped increasingly awry. He asked, How did Bean seem to you? Bean was their baby. They had left her last night to go to the party with a fever of a hundred and two degrees. Joan wrestled with her vow to say nothing, but maternal concern won out. She said, Cooler. Her nose is a river. Sweetie, Richard blurted. Will they hurt me? The curious fact was that he had never given blood before. Asthmatic and underweight, he had been 4F, and at college, and now at the office, he had, less through his own determination than through the diffidence of his solicitors, evaded pledging blood. It was one of those tests of courage so trivial that no one had ever thought to make him face up to it. Spring comes reluctantly to Boston. Speckled crusts of ice lingered around the parking meters, and the air, grayly stalemated between seasons, tinted the buildings along Longwood Avenue with a drab and homogeneous majesty. As they walked up the drive to the hospital entrance, Richard wondered aloud if they would see the King of Arabia. He's in a separate wing, Joan said, with four wives. Only four? What an ascetic. And he made bold to tap his wife's shoulder. It was not clear if under the thickness of her winter coat she felt it. At the desk, they were directed down a long corridor floored with cigar-colored linoleum. Up and down, right and left it went, in the secretive, disjointed way peculiar to hospitals that have been built annex by annex. Richard felt like Hansel, orphaned with Gretel. Birds ate the breadcrumbs behind them, and at last they timidly knocked on the witch's door, which said, Blood Donation Center. A young man in white opened the door a crack. Over his shoulder Richard glimpsed, horrors, a pair of dismembered female legs stripped of their shoes and laid parallel on a bed. Glints of needles and bottles pricked his eyes. Without widening the crack, the young man passed out to them two long forms. In sitting side by side on the waiting bench, spelling out their middle names and recalling their childhood diseases, Mr. and Mrs. Maple were newly defined to themselves. He fought down that urge to giggle and clown and lie that threatened him whenever he was asked, like a lawyer appointed by the court to plead a hopeless case, to present, as it were, his statistics to eternity. It seemed to mitigate his case slightly that a few of these statistics, present address, date of marriage, were shared by the hurt soul scratching beside him. He looked over her shoulder. I never knew you had a whooping cough. My mother says, I don't remember it. A pan crashed to a distant floor. An elevator chuckled remotely. A woman, a middle-aged woman, top-heavy with rouge and fur, stepped out of the blood door and wobbled a moment on legs that looked familiar. They had been restored to their shoes. The heels of these shoes clicked firmly as, having raked the maples with a dazed, defiant glance, 
She turned and disappeared around a bend in the corridor. The young man appeared in the doorway holding a pair of surgical tongs. His noticeably recent haircut made him seem an apprentice barber. He clicked his tongs and smiled. Shall I uh, do you together? Sure. It put Richard on his mettle that this callow fellow to whom apparently they were to entrust their liquid essence was so distinctly younger than they. But when Richard stood, his indignation melted and his legs felt diluted under him, and the extraction of the blood sample from his middle finger seemed about the nastiest and most needlessly prolonged physical involvement with another human being he had ever experienced. There is a touch that good dentists, mechanics, and barbers have, and this intern did not have it. He fumbled, and in compensation was too rough. Again and again, an atrociously clumsy vampire, he tugged and twisted the purpling finger in vain. The tiny glass capillary tube remained trapped.